all you have. You are now tuned in to Marcus Rays. You just sat back and ready to play. Let me take your thoughts far, far away. Now let's hear what Darth Vader has to say. We would be honored if you would join us. What's happening, Far, Far Away family? Welcome to Star Wars Audio Archives. So how's everyone doing today? I hope everything is going well on your side of the galaxy. Nothing new going out here on the Outer Rim. As always, I'm plotting to take over the galaxy, and little Vader is getting on my nerves with these dumb jokes. But nothing really that much to discuss. So what did everyone think of the first two episodes of The Bad Bad Season 2? I personally like them. I like the direction that I think that they're going, which I could be wrong, but I think that they're going in a really good direction. Shoot us an email at sway.audio at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts of the new Bad Bats. Also, just a quick reminder that you can catch me live on Lightsaber Radio's YouTube channel every Saturday morning and Wednesday night. Wednesdays, we break down and rate each episode, you know, looking for all them Easter eggs and underlying meanings. Okay, so what do we got for news today? I don't know how many of you guys are into video games, but from some of the requests to do a video game podcast, I know that we have at least a few hundred. So I thought that you guys might like this new rumor that is floating around that suggests the Star Wars game that is currently being developed by Ubisoft will feature a vast open universe for players to explore. Although details about the title are still being kept tightly under wraps, a Twitter post from December announced that Ubisoft was recruiting playtesters for the game. And the same rumor said that it will feature a full universe like No Man's Sky, which if you know anything about that game, it was one of the biggest play areas but the Star Wars franchise has a spotty track record when it comes to video games. While EA managed to find critical and commercial successes with Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, years of largely lacklustered EA Star Wars games led many franchise fans to rejoice when it was announced in 2021 that Ubisoft would be working with Lucasfilm's games. The new rumors suggest that the secretive, open-world game could have even a larger scope than players had anticipated. A new tweet from Star Wars gaming account Battlefront Updates included a quote from Insider Gaming claiming that the new Ubisoft Star Wars game featured a fully open and seamless universe, something like what is found in No Man's Sky. The quote states that players will be able to travel between different star systems and take part in a multitude of different activities. Although gamers knew the Ubisoft Star Wars title would be open world in nature, the massive scale of the game could mean that Ubisoft is trying to compete with the upcoming release like Bethesda Starfield. However you say that, Bethesda, Bethesda, I don't know, I can't say it. When it comes to the amount of content it offers, many Star Wars fans were notably skeptical about this news. A seemingly massive universe to explore in the up-and-coming game, with some commenters pointing out that Ubisoft tends to release open-world games with very little for players to actually do. Poking fun at the old trope in many of Ubisoft's open-world titles, one gamer joked that the players will be able to unlock areas on their maps. This would be done by scaling the Empire's galactic electrical towers. Other commenters worried about the comparison to No Man's Sky, given that that game had a lot of trouble when launching. Putting skepticism aside, some diehard fans simply expressed excitement. The idea of being able to play a truly open-world Star Wars game just had them sitting on the edge of their seat. Whether Ubisoft's Star Wars game becomes a timeless classic or forgotten failure like Star Wars Master of Tiras Kasai, T-E-R-A-S-K-A-S-I, whatever that is, Masters of Tiras Kasai, it's clear that fans of the galaxy far, far away are in for something completely new when the game finally releases. If the highly anticipated title can live up to the pre-release rumors and expectations, it can mark the beginning of a whole new era for Star Wars games. And as most of you guys know, I'm not into games. Actually, I haven't played a video game in years. 
So this is out of my realm of expertise. But I thought that for all the gamers out there that listen to the podcast, this would be a rumor that you might like to hear. And for someone that I know on the inside, it might not be as much of a rumor as you might think. Okay, so let's get back to Star Wars Brotherhood. Because when we left off last week, Obi-Wan had just been arrested for contacting someone off-world and tampering with evidence. So let's see what's happening now. Anakin Skywalker. The clones complied with every request. They didn't bother to ask why Anakin wanted additional medical supplies or access to a shuttle. Instead, he got a simple, yes, sir followed by a quick departure to retrieve the crates, stopping only to answer Mill's question about whether the additional supplies would be missed. We always load in excess of 3 to 5% of materials in case anything is lost or damaged on the way, the trooper explained, which worked for both of their purposes, and he even pointed to one of the four Ada-class shuttles sitting unused in the docking bay. Whichever one you prefer, General. No explanations, no justifications. A simple chain of command. One that left him with countless troops ready to do whatever he deemed necessary. The sheer number of possibilities exploded through Anakin's mind. The temptation of simply getting whatever he wanted done. But that quickly became tempered with a discipline. One that reminded him where his responsibilities lay. Padme... The Chancellor, Obi-Wan, the Jedi, the Republic. Though after Padme, things shifted around based on situations, pushing him one way or the other. In many cases, they all aligned. Padme, after all, was a key member of the Senate, which worked with the Jedi and for the Republic. Prioritizing one often trickled down to all of them. Even now, with this makeshift plan, it all chained together. If he went to be Obi-Wan's backup, it might assist in Obi-Wan's goal of de-escalating the war. If the war was de-escalated, then the Republic would be safer. If the Republic was safer, then the Jedi would be needed less, and the Senate would have fewer emergency sessions. And if those things happened then Anakin and Padme would have fewer things trying to pull them apart. Really, that was all that mattered. Galactic peace, Obi-Wan's safety, Palpatine's stability, all of those things were important. But when layer by layer was stripped away, the only thing that truly mattered to Anakin's sun dragon heart was Padme. He would do anything to protect her even if that meant shifting the entire axis of the galaxy. Or in this case, going to help Obi-Wan on Cato Neimoidia, because someone had gotten their hands on the most important data in the galaxy. The clone returned, the blinking lights of the launch bay reflecting off the gray stripes painted across his helmet. He gestured to the three supply crates on the now deactivated repulsor lift dolly, then walked away when Anakin dismissed him. R2-D2 rolled slowly up to the inventory, then beeped a comment that roughly came across as, Do I have to carry all of that? Mill looked at the droid quizzically, and Anakin offered a quick translation before replying. Some of it. But I'll need you for something more important. 
We love bringing you more Star Wars, and it is because of our partners that we can do this week after week. So we invite you to be one of those partners. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help us keep this going. Your support will give us the ability to create future episodes, as well as provide you with the best sounding show on your playlist. And to express our appreciation, we will give you a shout out on our mid-series show that we do in the middle of every book. You will also be automatically entered in all future giveaways. All you have to do is go to the show notes and click that listener support link. Now let's get back to the show. R2-D2, in fact, did not carry any of the storage crates. But the astromech droid did pull the repulsor lift platform beneath the three boxes of medical supplies. They walked through the broken neighborhoods of Langston's mining district, a cluster of domed buildings designed to work with the heavy winds at the base of the nearest mountain. Signs of a civilization that had thrived just a few weeks ago before the Separatists decided to make it a battleground. Wisps of blue sand blew, causing a thin veil of color to come and go, enough for Anakin to bury his gloved mechanical hand under his cloak. His eyes, his hair, he was used to sand and that. But the joints and gears that were now part of his body, those needed protecting. Decades of architecture and infrastructure had been transformed into mounds of rubble and half-standing buildings. Walls had complete chunks missing due to rockets or blaster fire. And while Mill's demeanor reset itself during their short time back on the ship, she took tentative steps, a strained look on her face in the form of thin lips and concerned eyes. Mill led the way quietly, allowing Anakin to take in the scene, the multi-species population showing a combination of resolve, fatigue, and despair. Anakin saw it, from the younglings playing blitzball on the nearby lake, to the elder Aqualish, sitting in the remaining doorway arch of an otherwise vaporized building. And if he saw it, then Mill must have sensed it as well. Look at this. She broke free from their pace, then ran over to a pile of debris, a mix of dented stone and twisted beams, all marred by the blackened scars of blaster fire. Do you see it? Anakin caught up to her, still uncertain about what caught her attention. Even here, with all this, Mill spread her arms wide. Life can grow. She pulled several pieces of jagged debris out of a rubble mound, much of it already covered in a layer of Langston sand. The chunks rolled to the ground and settled, and Mill blew the remaining sand away to clear off the space. There. She said, a single wildflower now visible. It reacted with a sensitivity greater than most flowers Anakin had seen, its petals tilting upward as they encountered the sun's beams. A little bit of help. She turned, catching Anakin's sudden grin. What? Clones don't look for flowers, huh? They probably don't. But it's not that. Anakin gestured at Mill to keep leading the way, thinking of Padme putting a flower in her hair just nights ago, and wondering if she'd kept it or if it had already withered away. I know someone who would appreciate this. That's all. He pointed over the horizon, a path opening into a wide thoroughfare for the community. Should we start asking around? Anakin asked. A practical question, but also something to distract Mill from her obvious queasiness. The town spaceport is over there. There were a few local craft sitting around. 
He dragged his finger across a nearby wall, a layer of sand coming off onto his black glove. Probably covered in dust. No, Mill said. We should keep going. R2-D2 complained, but Anakin motioned for him to settle down. Don't tell me you're getting tired. He laughed at the droid's sassy reply. What do you mean a long walk? We don't even know... Anakin stopped and watched Mill. And though the youngling carried the burden of being affected by everything she felt around them, she walked with purpose, turning immediately down a smaller alley. Hey, Mill, we're in a business district, Anakin said, catching up to her. Plenty of shopkeepers here who probably own a ship for one reason or another. Why don't we just announce ourselves? Because they need these supplies. Mill, we can't help everyone we encounter. That's just not practical. And I really need to get going. The young Zabrak turned a sudden fierceness in her eyes. She suddenly looked taller, and her jawline clenched with a burst of confidence. In that moment, Anakin saw so much of a reflection in her. Not just of his instinctive, stubborn pull to his own moral compass, but also of Padme's ability to both empathize and be pragmatic about it. One look told him who they were. Rokura and her siblings lost their elders in the attack. They need something to get by without the family business. I don't know if they'll use these supplies. Maybe they'll barter them. Mill turned and resumed walking, each stride picking up the pace. But this'll help. Shouldn't we give them that? After what's happened to them? Anakin turned skyward with a sigh. Exasperation, but also a hint of amusement slipping in. R2-D2 chirped back a what-are-you-waiting-for series of beeps, and Anakin shot the droid a look. Yes, R2, he said, patting the rolling droid on the head. I know she's right. R2-D2 squawked again, almost as if the droid laughed at him. Then he whistled, a question in electronic form. Yeah, I agree. Padme would like her too. I'm so sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let everyone know about something very exciting. Lightsaber Radio is doing a live Phantom Menace watch party this weekend, and it is completely and 100% free to everyone. It'll be held this Sunday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time, which is 9.30 a.m. Pacific Time. If you want to join in on this watch party, you have to go to Lightsaber Radio's YouTube page 10 minutes before the watch party to get a special link to the show. Because we can't show the film on YouTube without getting a copyright claim, we have found another way to do it. You will be able to watch the movie and chat with us and other Star Wars fans. It's going to be a lot of fun and far, far away enjoyment. We hope to see you there. The transaction took longer than Anakin would have liked, given the circumstances, but he quickly saw that Mill made the correct call. The supplies now with the group of Garrel siblings, Anakin powered up their family ship, an ancient hyperdrive-capable dynamic-class freighter called the Noriker formerly used for hauling select bins of Langston's rarest ores, small purchases for specialized manufacturing. But now the ship sat idle. Two generations of the family killed in crossfire and collateral damage. 
leaving it to become a rental by barter craft for a Jedi Knight on an unauthorized mission. Mill waved goodbye to a limping Rokura, then met with Anakin as he ran a diagnostic check. They know I'll return it as soon as I can? They do. They also said to take your time. No one's flying anywhere right now. Hopefully, Anakin said, looking at the readouts on the panels for power balance among speed, shields, and auxiliary operations. This will be over in just a day or two. I'd much prefer that. R2-D2 chimed in with a sarcastic comment about needing some downtime, and Anakin refused to dignify that with a response. As for you, he said, call Theo from the shuttle and tell him that I've gone to investigate something. They'll send a pilot to bring you and the shuttle back to the cruiser. You do know your way back, right? That's not necessary, Master. Why's that? Anakin asked. Running initial diagnostics on the hyperdrive's energy stabilizer. Durbin will make sure you get back to the temple soon. Because I'm coming with you. He stopped toggling the switches and swiveled the chair around. Excuse me? This is why he'd never, ever considered dealing with a Padawan. He knew how stubborn they were. That was him mere months ago. Master... I would rather do something that might bring an end to the war instead of digging for kyber crystals. The gathering is much more than just getting a kyber crystal. It's, uh, I know, I know. I've heard the Padawan say, you find yourself on Ilum. I don't care. The other younglings want weapons, adventure and fighting, big jumps. You're going somewhere that might put an end to the war. Kedonimoidia is no place for a youngling. Not right now. And how do you know that? She asked, hands now squarely on hips. Because, Anakin said, ducking underneath the control panel. He pretended to check wiring, but really, it was to buy time to come up with an answer. It's a tense political situation. Why do we do this? Are we just swinging a lightsaber and lifting boxes? Or are we building peace? She got down on his level. Determined scowl now face to face with him under the console. Peace across the galaxy. Peace in yourself. You asked me if I wanted to help people. Well, that's what I'm going to do. With you. Her words echoed a memory. So many years ago when... Qui-Gon Jinn told him to stay in the cockpit of a starfighter as the Naboo attempted to take back their planet from the Trade Federation. Of course, he kept his word about staying in the cockpit. Qui-Gon told me to stay in this cockpit, and that's what I'm going to do, he told R2-D2 at the time, with the same conviction Millie used now. And he'd kept his word, all while doing what he thought was right. What his heart told him to do in order to help the people he quickly grew to care about. He'd stayed in the cockpit. It was the surroundings that changed as he flew into space. I'm not changing your mind, am I? He asked. Mill sat down in the Noriker's passenger seat, then adjusted the ponytail behind her horns. Not a chance. 
Okay, this was a good chapter. Yes, even though it didn't have a lot of action, it gave a lot of character development. Anakin and Mill both showed growth. There was some conflict between the two of them, which made them even more interesting. Anakin didn't want her to go with him, and Mill was refusing not to go. Anakin seen a lot of himself in her, but he also sees Padme in her as well, which is a bad combination of two people to be like, in my opinion. But she shows her dedication to find peace for the galaxy, and that's what true Jedi should be doing. Plus, we had R2's antics to liven up the part. For being a droid, he has one of the smartest mouths in the galaxy. Like when he said they had went too far, like he was tired. First, he can't get tired. He's a droid. And second, it's not like he was walking. He just rolls everywhere. But that gave us the Star Wars nostalgia, because that's how he has been since the New Hope, which I can appreciate. And that's about all this part had to offer. So let's move on to the quote for this week. And it comes to us from David Brooks. He said, almost every successful person begins with two beliefs. The future can be better than the present, and everyone has the power to make it so. There are countless people that have proved this so. They have raised themselves up from adversity, from poverty, and from tragedy, and made things better than they were in the past. The other point, and most important one, is that everyone, we all have the power to make it so. You have the power to do it. I have the power to do it. We all have the power to do it. We all have the power to change our lives for the better. You have the power to make it so. So what's stopping us? Why are we not making our futures better? We don't believe in it. We don't believe in ourselves. Yes, we have the power and can do it, but we just don't have the beliefs in ourselves. And that is the key. Believing in your goals, believing in yourself, and knowing that you can achieve anything. Knowing without a doubt that it will all work out for us. That's all that you need to have. That belief, that knowing, that just everything that you're going to make it happen. That's all you really need. Okay, that's all I have for this week. Join us next time for part 30 of Star Wars Brotherhood. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Audio Archives. Join us next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed the show, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Sway was created by Keen Eye Shed and is a production of Pick Film Media and was distributed by Sway Cast Networks. This show was produced by Quentin McDaniel. Star Wars Brotherhood was read to you by Jason O'Dagan. Sound designed by Theodore Thompson. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs>